I greet you in the wonderful name of Jesus. It's a privilege for me to just come and preach the gospel of Jesus to you today. I trust that the message of grace is just going to bless you as you visit this live broadcast of Dynamic Web Church. Dynamic Web Church is a church that's got a vision to see people established in the message of grace. And it's a privilege for me to know that you're going to hear the message of grace today through me. I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to touch your life. I want you to relax. I want you to just open your heart to the message of grace. Um, let one of your children quickly run and get you a cup of coffee or something like that. And we can just talk about the message of God's goodness. And you're going to just experience the love that flows out of that. In the last couple of weeks we've been talking about the love of God. And so many times when we think of the love of God, we think of our love towards others or our love towards God. But that's not the love of God. The love of God is God's love towards us. And once we get established in the love of God, we will find that we start to love our neighbors and our behavior changes and our way of thinking changes. We will find absolute stability just coming into our hearts. We will find a change of character. We will find that we love our neighbors, we love ourselves, and we will find that we love God. Today we're going to talk a little bit more about the love of God but um, in the sense of the fruit of the love of God, our love towards God. Because the Bible clearly states that we need to love God and that we need to love our neighbors. And how are we going to get that right if we don't have love in our hearts and if we don't understand the love of God? Well, amen. That's more about that a little bit later. I've got some announcements. The first thing I want to say is if we go offline or you, um, it's, it gets stuck or something like that, you can just press F5 on your computer and it will just refresh the page and um, we will be online again. Sometimes that happens with the internet. So remember, if it gets stuck or we go offline, just press F5 and we will be on again. Right, um, we're also going to pray for the sick this morning before the service. So if you've got any sickness in your body, don't say, well, I don't know if I'm going to be able to stand through this um, you know, for one hour, I feel I've got a headache, I feel I've got backache, I've got this or that. We're going to pray for you before we get into the session. Um, yeah, and uh, then I want to just welcome everybody that's watching this live broadcast for the first time. Now, I, mean, I want to tell you the gospel of Jesus Christ is all about Jesus and it is for you. I trust that you're going to be just enjoying this message, you're going to be blessed by this. And if you, I mean, if you're watching this today for the first time, you are so welcome. And I want you to know that Dynamic Web Church is a family-based church. It's all about family. It's all about fellowship in the message of grace, getting you established in the message of grace. To see you really walking in the power of God, not by your willpower, but by uh, just God's grace working in you. You know, there are many people that are born again. But there are not many that are born of God. You know, if you really try hard, you can live a good life. And the new man that comes forth out of your willpower is a new, it was a new birth. But that birth was based on your willpower and was not based on the love of God and the life of God and the Spirit of God living in you. So what we want to see in Web Church is people like you coming, enjoying this to just being part of a place where you can feel cared for, where you can feel loved, where you can feel that God is really on my side and God is for me, a place where you can be established in dignity and worth that comes from the throne of God. A place where you at least can feel, over here I will never be condemned, over here I will be accepted and not rejected. Now that is Web Church, that is for you. So welcome to Web Church, and I believe that you're going to be blessed in this message. And the people that invited the people to watch this, I want to just say, Hallelujah, thank God for you, and you've done a good job. You've got people watching this live broadcast right now, and they're getting the message of grace. And that's also your way of um, spreading the gospel. Now, I want to speak a little bit on evangelism. Now, before we get to that, I would like to just say, we're still busy with the studio, we've put the ceiling in, um, we've put the soundproofing on, the carpets are coming on Tuesday, then we're going to put the carpets in, and I trust by next week, Sunday, we will have a live broadcast from the studio. 
And that's just going to be awesome. Because at the moment we need to hide our dogs, we need to hide our children, we need to, <laughs> we need to do all of those things just to keep it quiet enough to do this from out of our house. But as from next Sunday, I believe we're going to do a live broadcast from the studio. Man, it's going to just be so, so awesome. We've worked hard, I mean, to put in that ceiling. It was a, was a big work to put the, um, the soundproofing on and the, we've painted the office already, office part of it, and, the, and we've painted half of the roof. So, man, thank you for those of you who are just praying for us and standing with us in the ministry that's excited about this. Out of that studio, we're going to reach the world. Just think of it that way. We've got a small studio of 50 square meters and we're going to reach the world from that place. People's lives are going to be touched. We're going to see signs and wonders and miracles. You, your life is going to be touched. People are going to be equipped. Leaders are going to be equipped out of that. Man, that's awesome. And a great thing for me is the web church and to think that we can be a family gathered together around the Word of God. Amen. That is so, so wonderful. Now, I want to speak a little bit on um, evangelism and let's open the Bible in Romans chapter 10. Last night I had a, a very interesting conversation with somebody around the spreading of the gospel and judgment and those type of things and then I just thought it good to just touch a little bit on the spreading of the gospel. It's important to know that we are there to receive the love of God and once we've received the love of God, we are going to spread the gospel to other people because it's so good that you cannot be quiet. It's so good that you must share it with others. And I do, I do believe that the Lord Jesus Christ has got the master plan for salvation in this world and that is people preaching the gospel. I want to tell you, God never uses the second best thing. The best thing for the spreading of the gospel is you and me Preaching the word. There's no other way. Sometimes we might think if angels just appear to people all the time, that's the best way of evangelism. Let me tell you that is not the best way of evangelism. The best way of evangelism is God's plan. And God's plan is just getting you so excited about Him and about what He's done for you and in you to the point that your heart is full of it and then flows out of your mouth. And you tell your neighbor about the goodness of God and His unconditional love, and His forgiveness, and His mercy, and His grace. Amen. That's the way we're going to just spread the gospel. You might say, but Barty, I'm not a preacher, I'm not this or that. Just get excited enough about the good news of Jesus. Now, Barty, how will I ever get excited about something? Just listen to it. Listen to the message of grace. If you say, I don't want to share the gospel, I don't want to talk to people, don't condemn yourself about that. Just know this, that there is something that you still need to discover about the unconditional love of God that can still bring that excitement. You know, there are times in my life when I feel, and I'm an evangelist, that I don't want to go and preach. You might say, but that's because, and you might think it's because of negative things or going through hard times. That's not why. Sometimes you just don't feel in your heart, I want to talk to somebody now. Um, or a week might go by and you might think, well, I don't want to talk to somebody now. I don't want to preach the gospel. I don't want to have a gospel crusade at the moment. Maybe it's just too hard work and I don't feel like it. You know what I do? I just take the Word of God, I read the Word of God, and I just see the love that God has for me. And I see the love that God has for people. I see how God has forgiven people. I see how that healing has already come by Jesus Christ. And as I read that, I find a great excitement in my heart and I just, when I see again, we've organized another crusade or I've been preaching to somebody somewhere again or I've been invited to a church or I do another broadcast like this and man, it is just so exciting and I want to share that message. As I sit here right now, I want to share this. Last night I was so excited and I couldn't wait for this time to come because the love of God is shed abroad in my heart. My heart is full of the message of grace and the Bible says what the heart is full of flows out of the mouth. Amen. So if you're not uh, really active in soul winning and that type of thing, the first thing is don't condemn yourself. The second thing is don't let your heart be troubled. And the third thing is get more into the message of how much God loves you and how much God cares for you and how God speaks good things about you. And as you hear those good things and as you hear God loves you, you will find excitement in your heart and you will start to share the gospel with others. Now, let's go to Romans quickly. 
Well, Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. I want you, um, before I get into that, I just want you to know that this, I don't want to preach at you. That's not the vision of this, um, of, of Dynamic Web Church. Dynamic Web Church, I want you to have a family feel about it. I'm not preaching, I'm talking. I just want to share with you from my heart. And um, like, like a father and his children, or like somebody that just teaches in a, and, and just sit, and there's just about ten people around him and they just, talking and sharing. That, I want you to have that feel. Don't think of thousands of people listening to this and Bert is so far. Man, let me come into your house. I am in your house. I'm a guest in your house at the moment. You sit there in front of that computer. You're listening to me and just see it from that perspective. I want you to feel that, you, that this is a place where you can belong. I mean, we've also got a web pastor um, coming to uh, South Africa in February that's just going to be the shepherd of the people. I'll be the, the senior pastor and the web pastor is going to be there to see that you get the right information, that you get, have got somebody to counsel you, somebody that can pray with you, somebody that can agree with you. I will also be there, but I believe that's just going to help so much and um, I mean, you'll have contact with that web pastor uh, every day via the internet. You'll be able to contact via Skype and then the web pastor will call every member of this church once a month, just to hear if everything's fine, just to fellowship, just to talk. So, let's just get a family feel about this. Amen. Romans, back to Romans, evangelism, Romans chapter 10, verse 9. It says, If you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and you shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, Whosoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. Now let's go to uh, verse 13. For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You see the Bible says that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. We must know there's no other way of salvation. You are either saved by Jesus Christ or you will never be saved. Um, even if you are a Muslim today, watching this, if you are of any other faith, watching this, it's not because God is upset with you that you will not be saved. It's just because you don't qualify by your works to be saved. Because all other religions are all about good moral conduct. Now, Christianity also includes that. You will find a good moral conduct in Christianity, but that is not the way unto salvation. In all other faiths, a good life is a way unto salvation. But in Christianity, it doesn't work that way. Your holy life does not... Um, qualify you for salvation. But the holy life Jesus Christ lived on your behalf is what qualifies you for salvation. Now the Bible says, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord, he shall be saved. You know, if a man is judgmental towards God, you will always find fault with God. You will say, but Bertie, how can it be that um, a person who hasn't heard about Jesus Christ, how can he then be saved? Because that's not fair. If you say, no, just a good life, if he just lives a good life, he will be saved, and that's fair. Um, you will find people that don't have the right education, and you will find the people that maybe didn't have the right way, wasn't brought up in a good way, and you will find they will not qualify. They might not live the good life they're supposed to live, and you will say, but you know, it's not fair, because um, they were not brought up in the right way. And we will always find excuses. But let me tell you, what Jesus Christ has done is the easiest um, most comprehensive, most blessed way of receiving salvation. The whole world can be evangelized in a week if Christians just know this basic principle. If we can know and understand that Jesus Christ came and He died for all of us so that we not by our effort should be saved, but by the effort that He made on our behalf. It's very easy. Every religion, most religions believe that sin entered the world through one man. The Muslims today, they believe that sin entered this world through one man, that his name was Adam, or Adam. Now, um, if sin could enter this world through one man, why can't righteousness enter the world through one man, Jesus Christ, and whosoever believes on him shall receive the, uh, uh, the, the reward of the obedience that Jesus had on our behalf. 
Now all of that's written down in Romans chapter 5 verse 19. And you can go and read it there. It is simple to understand. Now let's continue with Romans chapter 10 and just talk about salvation. It says, For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord, he shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? So if you don't believe in somebody, how will you call on him? Now believe means to trust deeply. So when we preach the gospel, we need to preach a message that, is, uh, that promotes belief. Or that, is integ- that promotes the integrity of God. And that portrays God as a God that you can believe in. Because you don't just believe in anybody that you see um, in the street. You believe in people that has got a character that is so stable that is just there for your, that's there for your benefit, that loves you. You will believe in those that love you. A husband believes in his wife and a wife believes in her husband because of the love that there is in that relationship. So when we preach the gospel, we want to preach a message that would get people to believe so much in God, they will call on the name of Jesus. Amen. That's how they shall be saved. So, uh, why do we preach the gospel? So that people can believe and people can be saved. And without faith in Jesus... Now, let me explain this. And actually, we will take a whole session to explain this. But without people coming to a place where they can see what Jesus has done for them, they cannot be saved. Because the standard of holiness that is required for salvation is so high that nobody can attain to it by their own works. It's like um, two people standing seeing who can jump the highest. And one person jumps about this high, and another person jumps about this high, and they say, yo, look how high this guy jumps, he must really be something. But if the standard for, uh, the standard is 5 meters, or 20 meters, or 100 meters, as high as the Empire State Building, you must jump that high to qualify um, for some competition, and you only jump this high, although it looks impressive to your standards, if you don't meet the, the, the highest standard, I mean, you'll never qualify for the competition that you want to take part in. It's the same with a marathon. If you run in a marathon and you get halfway, they're not going to say, let's give you a gold medal because you tried. You must qualify within a certain time. Then you will get a medal, otherwise you will never get it. Now, the qualification that God has placed there is who He is. In other words, His holiness. So if you live holy for 20 years and you've made one mistake, you will not qualify. But then God said, I know that the standard is so high, the standard of holiness, the standard of righteousness. So I'm going to give them righteousness for free. I'm going to give it to them as a gift so that everybody can qualify and everybody can receive this free from their works. Salvation is to be saved free from your works, but receiving it as a gift, and I've said this in the previous broadcast as well. The, the, the sessions that we've got on the website and that the CDs we give out is for free. And if you want to give a donation, you can give a donation, but the, the, everything is for free because we're going freely I've received, freely I will give. And if people want to sponsor this ministry, they can do this by just donating towards some of the CDs they receive. They can do it. But if they don't want to donate, we will still send it for free. And if you want to pay for that CD, say, I want to pay, say, $5 or $10 for that as a payment, you will never receive it because I will not send it to you. You cannot buy it. It's a gift. It's for free. And it's the same with righteousness. You cannot be saved if you are not willing to receive it for free. Amen. That's the gospel that we want to preach. And that's what Paul spoke of in Romans chapter 10. He says, And how shall they preach, oh, sorry, verse 14, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in, whom, in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? So that's why we preach the gospel. So that people can hear the goodness of God, that they can hear who God really is, that we can portray a God that you can trust. A God that's not just conscious of your sins every day. A God that's not always nitpicking, fault-finding, but a person that is a friend. 
that you can go to and talk to and you will find that He has forgiven your sins and He's got a gift for you. The gift of righteousness. The gift of a new life. The gift of the Holy Spirit. The gift of He will live in you and through you and you don't have to try to do all the holy things in the Bible by your own efforts. Amen. Now, if you revisit and you hear this for the first time, let me tell you, we've got a, a word well on the website and you can just go into the word well and you can just check out all the sessions we've got. They go to what God says about you or um, uh, something like the fulfillment of the law and you will just find the, the whole thing preached over 10 or 15 sessions or whatever in balance and you will see exactly what we mean. So if you get a little bit confused by what I say right now, don't be afraid. Open your heart. Say, my God, I want to know more about this because when you hear this good news and that it's a gift and that it's for free, there is something deep in your heart that just says, yes, Lord, this must be right. It sounds too good to be true, but it must be right. And we've got a man, just such a well of uh, material available in Wordwell. Go and just check it out. And another thing is, uh, for, I believe from next week we will have that on. We will have the messages that I preached in writing as well and we've got it in English at the moment and Italian. So, if you've got some Italian friends and you're watching this, it will be available in Italian as well but only in writing and you can just download that, print it out, copy it, man, spread all over the world and just see how many people you can get, uh, get to listen to this because it's absolutely life-changing. Now, we've only done one in Italian now but I believe... It will just grow. We're going to do some of them in Russian as well. The people from Russia, I greet you in Jesus' name. God loves you. And man, just be blessed. Thanks for the work that you've done. Amen. And that is just all part of spreading the gospel. If people don't hear, how can they believe it? And how can they receive the gift for free? Amen. That's why we preach. Hallelujah. And also says here, and how can they preach except they be sent? Now, if I'm not sent to preach the gospel... How will I, how will people hear? And a part of sending the gospel is people giving finances um, to churches or to evangelism organizations like what I do. And if you feel in your heart you want to go and preach on another side of the world or to somebody somewhere, you're going to need some money to do it. And that is where finances come into the kingdom of God. Your giving is not your, you twisting the arm of God to give towards you. Your giving is simply because of the spreading of the gospel, the spreading of the word of God, and because the man that preached the word to you must live. That's how simple it is. Sometimes we think that if I give money, uh, it's paid into my heavenly bank account. Now, that's not the truth. You can go and hear more, more on that in um, Finances by Grace or Money on the Cross, teaching also in the word well. Uh, it is so liberating, it's so life-changing. You will find that you are prosperous through the cross of Jesus Christ and not your tithing. Your tithing can never enrich you. What enriches us is the love of God that He poured out in Jesus Christ when He was upon the cross. And let's quickly read that in 2 Corinthians. Man, it is such a powerful scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9. It speaks about the grace of God. We are not enriched by our giving. We are not enriched by sowing and reaping into a ministry and naming our seed and following all of those typical charismatic principles and Pentecostal principles. The, the reason why we are enriched financially is because of the grace of God. Now, we can read it in 2 Corinthians 8 verses 9. It says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sakes He became poor, so you through His poverty might be made rich. So the reason why you are enriched, the reason why you can have nice clothes, the reason why you can have a car, the reason why you can have a house, the reason why you can have enough money to send your children to school and all those things is not because you've been sowing money to a ministry. And I want to just say that out straight. If you want to sow towards my ministry with a vision to get from God because you've been sowing towards this ministry... I would rather advise you not to do it. Rather keep the money. Not that I say that your money is dirty or filthy, but I don't want you to get hurt. And the Bible says, Cursed is every man that's under the law. 
And the law is that which a person does in order to get God to do something for him or to qualify to be blessed. So, if you ever want to give money to Dynamic Love Ministries or you want to give money in Web Church, it must just be a fruit of your love for the work of God and a fruit of the Spirit of God that's in you, an unction of the Holy Spirit that's in you, a willing heart you want to give because you want to see the gospel being spread all over the world. You've been touched by this message. And then we will receive it. But other than that, I will not receive it. And I don't want you to give from any other perspective than the fruit of what God has given to you. Now, tithing is not a sin. If you decide, I want to give 10% of my income, it is fine. The only problem is, if you tithe in order to be blessed of God, that is not, um, that's not New Testament. That's Old Covenant. It's not the New Testament. You can also listen to last Sunday's message. In the beginning, I just explained it, this a little bit better. So, get into the Word well if you want to know more of this. So, if you want to give, you're more than welcome. You can go to your bank and make a deposit to Dynamic Love Ministries. The account is on the website. So, um, and those of you that does that, thank you for that. And I do believe that um, you are prosperous because of the message of grace. And we're using that money to preach the gospel. Amen. Hallelujah. I want us just to pray together. And everybody that's got sickness in your body, I'm going to pray for you right now. I do, I do believe as I was just preaching, the power of healing was just flowing into people and they are already uh, being healed. Amen. Let's just pray together. Father, I thank you that I can just stretch forth my hands to people watching this live broadcast. And I say, you are the blessed of God. Your ears are opened right now to hear the message of God's grace, to hear the message of God's love, of how much God cares for you. I also speak the healing power of God right now over every person with sickness. I just say you are healed right now of flu, of um, headaches, of backaches, of any type of infection, you are being healed. And as I stretch forth my hand right now, I experience, oh, I experience the power of God going through you and clearing up all of that infection, all of that um, sinus infection. You are healed now in Jesus' mighty name. And I remove all pain and all discomfort from your body in the mighty name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Amen and amen. Well, I want to encourage you to tell as many people as possible about Web Church. To tell as many people as possible about the website. Not to get my ministry growing. You know, my vision is not to grow the ministry. The vision is to see people established in the message of grace. Hallelujah. So, if you've got a, a, a mailing list, just pick out some people there that you think in your heart or that the, the Holy Spirit just prompts you, this person, that person, just forward the link to them. Tell them to watch the service with you sometime when you, when you watch. Amen. So, well, bless God for that. We're going to get right into the Word of God. <clears throat> I want to read a scripture from um, Ephesians, chapter 5, and verse... Well, this is now from the Message Translation. I think it's 23. It says, Wives, understand and support your husband in the ways that you should support... Um, I'm, let me read it again. Wives, understand and support your husband, husbands in ways that show your support for Christ. The husband provides leadership to his wife the way Christ does to the church, not by domineering, but by cherishing. So the leadership that Christ provides for the church is not by domineering, but by cherishing. Amen. So when you are... When you are under the leadership of Jesus and you see Him leading you, you will feel cherished. You're not supposed to feel like a sinner. When you are born again, now listen, Web Church are for those who are saved. I mean, we, we, I'm preaching to saved people right now. I'm sharing with saved people. If, whenever you hear the voice of God, you must hear the voice that cherishes you. Amen. That puts value upon you. Hallelujah. Remember, we are going to talk about how much we should love God. So, just as Christ, sub, uh, just as the church submits to Christ, he, as he exercises such leadership, wives should likewise submit to their husbands. Husbands, go 
Go all out in your love, a love marked by giving and not getting. So the love that Christ has for the church is a love that is marked with giving and not getting. Now I'm not trying to say that's how you should love others, by just giving and not worrying to get. I'm talking about God's love for you. God's love for you is not to see how He can get you to spread the gospel. God's love for you is not to see how He can get you to change. God's love for you is not to see how He can get you to, um, to serve Him. The love of God is not to see what He can get out of it. The love of God is to just show who God is. It's an outflow of who He is. It's an outflow of His emotion of love towards people. It's an outflow of His care for you in all areas of your life. He's care for you concerning your health. He's care for you concerning your eternal salvation. He's care for you concerning your financial prosperity. He's care for you concerning your relationships with people. Amen. Well, so the, 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 the love that Christ has for the church was marked by giving and not getting. Christ's love makes the church whole. Man, isn't that powerful? The love of Christ is that which will make you whole. His, word, his words evoke her beauty. Now think of it. The word of Christ evokes the beauty that's in your life. That's the love of God. You should listen to Christ in a way that when He speaks, it brings out the beauty in you. Now if He comes and tells you, you're going to go to hell because you have disobeyed this one time and I'm not going to forget it until you've confessed and you better get right Otherwise, I cannot help you and I cannot care for you. And the moment you do something right, I refuse to protect you. And if you think God's like that, then how will that word ever evoke your beauty? How will you feel cherished under a word like that? Now, that's just simply impossible. Everything he does and says is designed to bring the best out of her. Dressing her in dazzling white silk, radiant with holiness. The way God dresses you is through what He says about you. When He speaks to you, He says good things about you. Amen. And He dresses you in dazzling white silk. So when He dresses you, He dresses you with words that says, Oh my beloved, there's no one as beautiful as you. Oh my beloved, listen up between the husband and the wife. You are the best dressed person there is. You've got the most beautiful eyes that there, that there could ever be. You've got the most beautiful smile. Oh, your teeth is beautiful. Your ears are beautiful. Man, your, everything about you is just wonderful. I love your sense of humor. I just, I mean, that's dressing people with words. Now, that's the way Christ dresses us. He says, you are the healed. You're not the sick. You are not rejected. You are accepted. You are my righteousness. You are seated with me. I've given you the kingdom. I give you my spirit. You are my church. I indwell you. As righteous as what I am, that's how righteous you are. That's the words of Christ towards us. Amen. That's what He gives to you and me. That's His attitude. That's His words. That's His mindset. That's how He dresses you. Amen. And out of those words, you feel cherished. Hallelujah. You know, I've, I've been studying the Word of Grace now since 1995, end of 95, 96. We've been in the Word of Grace. And I've come to a point where I believe that God loves me so much that He's met my needs in every area of life. He's met my needs and He's also met the things that I just want. Amen. If I just want in my shirt, God has already provided for me. If I want a certain car, God has already provided that for me as well. If I want to want something um, different than what I'm wanting at the moment, let me put it to you this way. So I've got just desire for earthly things and I've actually got a desire to say, I don't just want desire earthly things. I want to have a desire to spread the gospel and to preach to people and to pray for the sick. He even gives me that. Amen. He has given it all to me and He lives through me. It's not bad to trying to please God by, by um, obeying scriptures. No, it's become, it became much closer than that. God is living in me and God is living in you. And as you discover the message of grace, you will find the love of God just all over you. Amen. So what is the love of God? The love of God is God speaking good about you. God loving you. Um, 
It says, and, and that is how husbands ought to love their wives. They, they're really doing themselves a favor since they are already one in marriage. No one abuses his own body, does he? No, he feeds it and pampers it. So the way God feeds you, uh, the, the way God loves you is like loving himself. If God must put you through a hard time to teach you, he must put Jesus through a hard time to teach you, um, because you are the body of Christ. Amen. But he feeds it and pampers it. Now that's how God treats us. Amen. Now you might say, but what about the poor people out there? It's like, I heard this one guy say, the, he was in a barber shop, I, th- I think I've m- mentioned this in some of the other messages, he was in a barber shop and he, um, the, the, he was, uh, the, the barber was cutting the hair of somebody and this guy just, um, the barber said to this guy, he said, listen, there's no God. So this Christian just said, well, how will I answer this guy? And the Holy Spirit said to him, no, just keep quiet, don't say anything. And he went off on how there's no God because there are people that are um, born sick and people that are poor and people that are dying and people that are struggling and all of that. He says, how, how could there be any God? Especially just people that are poor and struggling and going through hard times, people dying and all of that. And he didn't answer because he didn't have an answer because how do you answer a difficult question like that? And he paid the man and he went out and as he went into the street, he saw a tramp in the street and with long hair and dirty and all of that. And then he went back to the barber and he said to him, Listen, sir, um, there's no hairdressers in the world. They don't exist. And the guy said, That's impossible. Here I am. He says, No, look at the guy's hair outside. And that's a proof that you don't exist. Now, that's the same with God. Now, that guy needs to come in and receive a haircut. Then he will look better. It's the same with the gospel. We... People need to hear the message of grace. They need to hear the message of God's love. The message where God feeds you and pampers you through His Word to bring out the best in you through His Word of love. They need to hear that and then we will find a change in the lives of people. Amen. If you need a change in a certain area of your life, that's what you need to hear. More of the message of God's love. Hallelujah. Now, let's get into... How we should love others. Because um, we must realize that the Bible says that we need to love God. Now let's go to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. Now I know I'm just touching on many things today. um, But actually, I don't want you to be confused. We just, we spoke a little bit on on uh, evangelism and the importance of evangelism. Then I spoke a little bit about finances and now we're getting into how much God loves you um, so that you can get it right to love God. First John chapter 4 and let's just read verse 19. It says, We love Him because He first loved us. Amen. So, we love Him. My love is activated by His love. So many times we think, if we love God, then we will experience His love for us. Now that's not the truth. That is putting the cart in front of the horses. We love Him because He first loved us. So where you see a lack of love for God. Now the Bible says, Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you will be obedient to me. Now, so many times we say that you must love God You must keep His commandments like the Bible says. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind and all your strength and your neighbor as yourself. You must love God like that. It's a commandment. You must do it. Now, I do believe that that commandment is a commandment in the Bible. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart. It's true. But God has helped us so that we could get it right. To live like that. And then he says here, we love him because he first loved us. So we must realize that love out of the heart of a believer, even towards God, is not something that is um, activated out of your own willpower and out of you deciding to love God. Love that comes from your heart is a fruit of your revelation or of the revelation you have of the finished work and what God has done for you. Okay, now let's go to verse 9. 
If we want to see the love of God, if we want to, oh, let me put it this way, if we want to love God, we must have a look at the love of God. Um, and let's have a look at the love of God so that we can find His love, so that we can love God and then obey His commandments, listen to His voice, uh, spend time with Him, do special things for God, and whatever we think we should do as people that love God. And the same counts for loving people. But let's just focus today on loving God. In this was manifested the love of God towards us. This is now 1 John chapter 4, verse 9. Because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. Now what he says here is, the package in which you find the love of God is this. He gave His Son so that we might live through His Son. So if you don't hear the message of, I live through His Son, and not through my own works or through the law, you've never experienced the love of God. The love of God is experiencing what God has freely given unto you in Jesus Christ. That is the love of God. The love of God manifested towards you is the message of His unconditional love, the message of Him treating you better than you deserve, the message of reconciliation, which is God not imputing your trespasses against you. That's the message of love. That message of love, when you enter into that, and you start to live through Christ, now let me put it in this words, if, you, if you've got the ability to go and stand before God and say, God, I stand righteous before you today, because I stand before you in Jesus. Father, I come and I ask you in the name of Jesus for this and that, and I know I will receive it, because as Jesus qualifies to receive whatsoever is good, so I qualify because you see me as righteous and sinless before you, not because of my own works, but because of Jesus, and I am in Jesus Christ. If you can say that from the depths of your heart, you stand before God, and that is the perspective in which you relate to God, then you will for the first time in your life truly experience love. Amen. Love is an emotion that comes up in the heart of somebody when he experiences uh, somebody treating him better than what he deserves. When he experiences somebody um, giving him or somebody doing good on his behalf and then rewarding him according to the good works that he's done on his behalf. You will only feel loved when you can come to God and say, I receive righteousness as a gift. The moment you are still under the law, the moment you are still under works righteousness, saying, by what I do, I qualify, then God's going to bless me. The moment you are still under that, you don't know what love is. Love is not just in somebody just giving you something for free, somebody kissing you on the cheek, being friendly to you. No, love is the emotion that's in the heart of somebody when he experiences what it is to live in Jesus' name. Or when he, or let me put it this way. This, this is going to be a good example. Rejection is the emotion that's in the heart of a man when he realizes that he is a sinner because of the disobedience of Adam on his behalf. That's rejection. That is hatred. That is to feel hurt. Well, I am a sinner because of what another man has done. That is uh, the emotion of it's not fair. That's the emotion of absolute rejection. But the emotion of love and feeling loved is when you say, well, I am accepted in the Beloved. I am accepted in Christ. 100% accepted. As surely as what Jesus qualifies to be blessed and to be prosperous, that's how I qualify to be blessed today. As surely as what Jesus qualifies to rule and to reign, that's how I qualify because His obedience was on my behalf. Let me just read that. I know I touch on this scripture so many times, but I believe this is the center of the gospel. Romans 5.19 For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Man, isn't that awesome? So, 
you will only experience love. When will you experience love? When you live in Christ. That's when you will experience love. Now it says here, we love Him because He first loved us. I want to put my own words here. We love Him because we've got a revelation of what He's done and not just in our minds, we believe it and we live on the basis of the message of grace and love and of the cross. That's why we've got love for God. Amen. Isn't that powerful? That is so, so powerful. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and we're going to read there from verse 8. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and we're going to read there from verse 8. Now, if, you, if you've got a Bible with you, you can go with me to it. And I think it would be nice if you do it. But if, you must just be honest with yourself. If you're paging through the Bible, break your concentration on what I say. Rather, don't do it. I want you to listen to what I've got to say. When I preach this, I preach this from a man. I might smile every now and then, but I'm serious. And I want you to get this because this is the words of life. This is what will bring life to you. This is the message that must get out all over the world. The message of grace. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and I'm going to read there from verse verse 9. It says, "But, But as is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. So here it says that God has prepared certain things and if you read on, He's he's revealed certain things to those that love Him. Now, so many times when we just read that scripture, we say, you know, you need to love God and then God's going to reveal things to you. So get busy loving God. Get busy living holy. Get busy and if you love God, you're going to obey His commandments. And the commandments of God are the Ten Commandments and all the other side commandments that you find in Matthew 5, 6 and 7. And you're going to do those commandments. You're going to love your neighbor. You're going to bless your enemies. Get busy loving God by doing those things and then God's going to reveal things to you. Now there's nothing further from the truth than, than that. It says here that God reveals certain things to those, to those that love Him. So, let me put it this way. To those that love Him, that means to those who understand and has received righteousness as a gift to the point that love flows out of that towards God. To those, you find God reveals things. It says, but God has revealed them unto us by His Spirit. Of the Spirit because the Spirit sees, searches the deep things of God. Let's go to verse, um, verse, verse 12. Now we have received the Spirit, not the Spirit of this world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that has freely been given to us by God. So what does he say here? He says, those of you that love God, they are those who have got a revelation of grace and know exactly what it is to stand in Jesus before God. You must realize, love is not something that comes actively and has got its source in you. The love that you have for God, the source of that is the Spirit. And because you are in the message of grace, because you are in the message of what He's done on your behalf, because you say, I know what it is to stand before God um, in Jesus. Amen. To say, I know how it feels to stand sinless before God, although I've got sins. Because my sins aren't imputed unto me. If you know that, and, you, and that is your, um, not just a realization, but that is the foundation of your relationship with God. Jesus, and in Him, and through Him, and you being in Him, and Him being in you, and all of that, you becoming one with God. You are seated with Him in heaven. If that is part of your mind, you will experience what it is to be loved. And once you experience what it is to be loved, then you will start to love God. And then when you start to love God, and you, the, the fruit of, when the message of grace is so deep in you, that it's starting to bear fruit in the sense that you're starting to love God back now, you will find just more and more and more of Romans chapter, uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 12 that says that the Spirit has been given unto us so that we might know the things that He has freely given to us in Jesus Christ. 
Man, that is just a cycle. That's all it is. You hear the good news. You hear how much God loves you. You hear how much He cares for you. You hear how He has forgiven your sins. You hear how He does not impute your trespasses unto you, but He imputes the obedience of Jesus unto you and He blesses you as He blesses Jesus. Because Jesus obeyed on your behalf. You are in Christ. You are the body of Christ. Hallelujah. When you, when you start to live out of that, you will find, man, just love starts to flow out of me towards God. Gratitude starts to flow. And then you will find, as love flows, as gratitude flows, as I just discover more of this and it's bearing fruit in me, you will find that the Holy Spirit is, will even remind you of more things that you have freely received in Christ. Far above what you could ever imagine. The Bible says He, will, he gives unto us Far, than one, far more than what we could ever think or pray or ask. Imagine that. That's what He gives unto us. He's given you His kingdom. And you rule and reign with Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't, and I always want to say this right here. Don't think, man, I'm going to serve Jesus so that when I die I can go to heaven. There's more than that in this life. We are expecting the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. The other day I was talking to one of my friends about the political situation in the world. Not just South Africa, but the whole world. And I just said one thing. Jesus needs to return. Because that's the only thing that must happen in order for this whole world to come right. Jesus will return. The sinners, the people, the people that has not accepted Jesus, they'll be put in hell. The righteous will stay behind on the earth. Jesus will be here and we will rule and reign with him on this earth and this earth will be made new. There will be a new heaven and a new earth. Amen. And we will live with Jesus on this earth for he is returning. And what we as Christians are supposed to expect is the glorious return of the Lord Jesus Christ where we will on this planet rule with him. Amen. That is what we expect. We're not expecting and waiting for the Antichrist to come from somewhere and all these false teachings that the Roman Catholic Church is the Antichrist and all of Forget about all of that. Let's get into the message of God loves us. God cares for us. He's given us grace and mercy. Amen. You know, there's a false teaching going around saying that um, the message of God's grace is a message that people want to hear because it tickles their ears. It's not the truth. That's the message of the law. There are more people today that want to hear the message of the law than people that want to hear grace. I don't know why it's like that. If I go into a church today that is a law-based church and I preach and I say it's for free, they will say, no, we don't want to hear that. Give us the law because that tickles our ears. Paul preached the message of grace and they almost killed him in Acts. The book of Acts, you can... Go and read Acts 20. They almost killed him for preaching grace, for telling the Jew, the, the non-Jews that they don't need to be circumcised or they don't have to tithe, they don't have to do all the Jewish things. And um, Paul was almost killed by the church, by the, the believers that were zealous of the law. So I want to tell you, God loves you. There's a word that will, um, that will pamper you. There's a word that will make you feel that you have got dignity and worth, that you're worth something. That's the word of God's grace. That's the word that you need to hear today. And that word will produce life in you. Let's go to Galatians quickly. I want us to turn to Galatians chapter, and then, then Hebrew after that. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. We're going to read there from verse 22. Galatians 5 verse 22. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace and long-suffering, gentleness, goodness and faith. So you see, it says the fruit of the Spirit is love. So love is not a fruit of your willpower. Love is a fruit of You've already received the Spirit. That's what the Bible says. We first loved Him, or He first loved us, therefore we love Him. We love Him because He first loved us. The love that you will have for God is an outflow of your revelation of living through Christ. 
your revelation of, I qualify because of Jesus. That is why you will love God. And if you want to say, I want to love God more, don't say, well, I'm going to try to love God more by doing good things. That is wrong. That can even border to sin. If you want to love God more, say, God, I need to know more of your message of I stand in you and I am living through you. I want to know more of that message. For I want to see more of deeds of love flowing from me towards you. Amen. Isn't that powerful? That is what God gives unto us today. Amen. It says the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of already being loved by God, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness and faith. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness and faith is not what you do in order to get the Spirit. That's what you do because you have already received the Spirit. That's what you do because of the revelation that is in your heart, your faith, your, uh, your relationship with a God that lives through you. And that is not your fruit. It is the fruit of the Spirit that is in you. Amen. Don't try to bear this fruit. You cannot bear this fruit. Get the Spirit. Then the Spirit will bear this fruit in your body and that is living through Christ. And when you experience the Spirit living in you, living through you, you will find love in your heart for God. And then the Bible says, if you love me, keep my commandments. So, if you've come to a place where you, man, just realize, or he says it this way, he says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you will keep my word. So, if you have come to a place where you have received the message of grace, where God's living through you, where God's living in you, where you're seeing the fruit of the Spirit, not by your works, but because of a revelation of what God has freely given unto you, coming into your life. You know what's going to happen? Then God says, keep my words. Those who come to that point of maturity, they will keep my word. So if you want to keep the word of God, if you never want to fall back into an old way of living, if you never want to fall back into the works righteousness, study out the message of God's unconditional love for you. And as you study out the message of God's unconditional love for you, guess what's going to happen? You're going to find such an overwhelming joy and peace coming to your heart that you will just love God. You will run up and down. You will be happy. You will love God. You will even love God so much that you will start to worship Him. You'll start to speak good things about God. There are many people today that say they love God, but they're not loving God because they're saying so many bad things about Him. If you love somebody, you're not going to lie about Him. You're going to speak the truth about Him. There are people today that say God will even put you in hard times to teach you. God will take away your mother and your father. He, he might even um, break your car, kill your dog, do things like that, put you in a desert experience to purify you and all of those things. Man, that is not loving somebody by telling things like that about him. If you, if, I mean, I love my wife, so I'm going to only say good things about her. Because I love her. Now, there's only good things to say about God. So, if you really love God, as, and that love is a fruit of what God has done for you, and, and, and the revelation, like I've explained for this last half an hour, you will only start to say these good things. It's difficult for me to say that God will test me. I, I struggle to say those words. I feel that I'm insulting my friend. Because I know how much he loves me. I know how much he loves you. I know that he loves you. That's why I preach this message to you today. Amen. Hallelujah. Man, God is good and he's unending good. Hallelujah. Now, this is not a license to sin. It's your license to righteousness. This is the pathway for you to say, I'm righteous. Amen. This is the pathway for you for the first time in your life to experience unconditional love, mercy and grace. Hallelujah. Man, this is the good news. I want you to hear this. Now, you know what? I forgot what I wanted to say. Um, yeah, we were talking about Galatians saying that Love is a fruit in our lives. It's not something we do for God. It's a fruit coming into our lives. I also, man, I forgot. Let me just see. I think I wrote it down here somewhere. What I wanted to say. Oh yeah, I wanted to end off with Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 6 and, um, or Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. 
when you read the Bible, and when you um, study the Word, there's something that you need to really look into, and I think you need to read it from the perspective of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. It says, um, But without faith it's impossible to please Him. For he that comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. The Bible says that without faith, without trusting in His ability to save you, not your ability to save you, if you are still trusting your ability to save you, you're not having faith in God. The faith that I have is that He will confirm me even unto the end. He will confirm me. First Corinthians says, He will confirm me unto the end. That's my faith. Even when I stand before the judgment seat of God, He will not only now say I'm the righteousness of God, but when I stand before the judgment seat of God, even then He will confirm me. He will say, righteous, holy, good, washed in my blood, my son, I'm not imputing your trespasses against you. That is faith. That's true faith. He says, but without faith it's impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. You must believe that he is a rewarder of them that seek him. You know, so many times we, we read the Bible and we seek ourselves. We seek what we must do for God. When you read the Bible, you must read the Bible from the perspective to search out the reward that you receive because of the obedience of Christ on your behalf. How you are rewarded because of Jesus and you must seek Him, what He's done for you. Don't seek yourself and what you must do for Him. Seek Him. Hallelujah. God is pleased with those that seek him in the scriptures, not you. When you read a scripture, why do you see, oh, this is what I must do for God? Why don't you see what God's done for you to the point that it bears fruit in your life? 